Sunny. I'm Brandy, and this is Bourbon Wine and True Crime, a podcast where three fun but weird friends sit down once a week to drink together virtually and discuss true crime. Hello, ladies. Hello. 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 Are you we guys? Are th- we are thriving this week. Oh, we <laughs> we are doing so well. I'm I'm proud of us. I'm so always proud good. of us. You know, I, I'm very proud of us. We all look pretty decent. We're here we're together we're we're we're, we're smashing it fun yeah. fact i've had smashing. this shirt since high school nice yay that's I'm cool cheap. no you're um eco-friendly eco i dig it you're eco-friendly i've had what this are we, face what are we all drinking school. oh yeah you've had this face since high school yeah. you, acqu- you acquired it i acquired it in high school don't ask questions <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm oh, drinking my, my signature vodka. Nice. Switch, switch to a new brand. Oh, I feel like vodka. You could have like top shelf or house, and it's pretty consistent. In mixed drinks, yes. Yeah, and mixed itself, drinks, yeah, okay. yeah. By itself, it's like turpentine, but in mixed drinks, it's kind of like tomato, tomato. Well, I'm weird. I don't like Grey Goose, and I know that's considered top shelf. Only in El Paso. Uh, I just want a strong feelings. Sonia's having a truly <laughs> with her tiny hands. Her weird tiny That's hands. That's my baby's hands. Oh my God. Baby hands. And then you hear it with the voice and it's even better. It's my strong hand. That's my strong hand. That's my strong hand. That's very And disturbing. I do want to have taste like this because I sure would like to. <laughs> Tell us what you're drinking in that um, voice. I am drinking a truly. Oh, no, no. I want it in that voice. I'm drinking a truly and I'm doing my best. There it is. <laughs> We've lost all three of our listeners. <laughs> all three are gone now. They're gone. <laughs> AJ, what are you drinking? <clears throat> I am actually drinking something I've never had before. I've never made before in this kind of situation. I was in a hurry, so I had some Bloody Mary mix that hadn't been opened. I had like this much vodka left. So I threw that together. Delicious. And then I did a a generous splash of pickle juice. Oh, we're gonna see. I don't know if it's spicy. I don't know if it's gonna give me indigestion. I don't know, let's find find out, let's see. (laughs) And verdict? Is it delicious? I like it. No, I, I'll just try that I, next time. I am. I am. It's like I'm drinking a snack. Mm. I'm here for it. I'm, it's like you're drinking me, AJ. Mm. You <laughs> are a snack. <laughs> you are a snack. I love it. This tastes like I'm drinking all my problems away. Drink it up. This is this is accurate. Very very <laughs> accurate. Well, what is our topic for today? If there is a topic, I know we're kind of shooting loose. Well, uh, we were going to do fecal crimes. That was going to be what generally what we were covering. Was it really? I'm You're just lying. kidding. Because I'm covering I... April <laughs> Fool's crime. 
I really thought like, did I miss that message or conversation? Did I delete that out of my brain? I'm not sure, but I was like, I didn't write that down. Your faces were amazing. (laughs) You're like, oh my God, were we covering fecal crimes? (laughs) Did we agree to that? We would agree to that. Although I can't see that as being something we would agree to. So the fact that that was coming out of your mouth wasn't completely unheard of. No. We've talked about weirder shit. We have so, uh, yeah. 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 so we are talking about April Fool's jokes crimes, crimes. I hope. Crimes. 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 <clears throat> I think I may have on purpose misunderstood the assignment. But to be fair though, there wasn't a whole lot. Can um, I can I start by just talking a little bit about April Fool's Day? Absolutely. <clears throat> okay. So first, it is uh, get it first. But anyway, uh-huh. so for, <laughs> first of all, it is a special day because it is my stepson's birthday oh. on April Fools. That is yeah. funny. Happy birthday, uh, Seamus. Yes. So big happy birthday. The big two o. Shut up. Yeah, I no, know. I don't yep. like any of that. He's mm-hmm. in his 20s now. Oh my God. Um, but I wanted to talk about, as I was researching a little bit, there are a lot of different theories as to the origins of April Fool's Day. Um, but the most commonly believed one is pretty interesting. So in 1582, France switched over to the Gregorian calendar, and it used to be that New Year's Day was April 1st, and it at this point was switched to January 1st. And so, you know, obviously there was no internet uh, in 18 or in uh, 1582. No, and so to, to get the information that you needed, it sometimes took a bit. Uh, so those who were a little bit slower to get with the program of the new calendar. Um, they started having pranks played on them. People were making fun of them for being slow on the uptake and uh, including having paper fish glued onto their backs because fish are easy to catch. And so people to this day in some areas still refer to gullible people as fish to this day. That's interesting. I'm really glad you answered that question before it came out of my mouth because I immediately was thinking now in what was this 15 what? 1582. So it's like just the end of the Black Plague. We're in some pretty serious shit in medieval times. To me, I don't think there's a lot of comedy going on there. So, but you know, I guess you got to get your chuckles where you can. So paper fish it is paper fish and so i am now going to start calling people fish um when i feel like they are being particularly dense <laughs> us aj earlier <laughs> and, <laughs> and i'm gonna start giving various reasons of why i'm calling them fish none of which are correct <laughs> wrong okay. answers only <laughs> it's because dumb people are scaly they're gonna be like what i'll go what and then i'll walk away <laughs> huh what fish say what fish say what (laughs) (laughs) but uh that's a very very brief uh origin story of april fool's day and i thought it was fun that is fun 
I have, I'll... I have, a, I have a question. Yes. If they were switching to their Gregorian calendar, what were they in before? Uh, that's a great question. I am not a hundred percent sure, but I'm going to Google it right now. And then I'll I mean, what. I don't think it matters, but I'm just, just curious. I mean, that was a pretty solid time span before we moved on over to the Gregorian calendar. That's, can you imagine somebody just like rides up to your door one day on a horse and it's like new year's is now in January. Like, what are you talking about? The Julian, right. the Julian calendar. Okay, so that's based on October Julius Wait. Caesar, right? That's more like way back into the 30 AD era. Okay, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole now because like in the army, we use the Julian calendar and there's no months. It's just like, you know, the, the 32nd day of the year is January or February 1st and so on and so forth. We call those Julian dates. Interesting. Yes, now I wonder where that came from. If That is quite the rabbit hole. I had no idea that that was how they did that. That's cool. Yeah, we have to have this like thing that's up where, because, you know, it gets like deeper into the year. You just lose track and it's like, oh, today's day 265. Yeah, so I guess Crazy. it changed how they calculated leap years. And they were using both calendars between 1582 and 1752 because that's how long everything takes to get to everybody Jeez. <laughs> is 200 years <laughs> so well they had like, they didn't even have newspapers bucks. back then did they shoddy change management i'm gonna tell my team at work i'm like boy you think we're bad at change management let me tell you about the french in 1582 <laughs> boy howdy <laughs> we're killing it we're killing it hmm so anyway uh that's that's really all the background i have but i know that okay. we have sort of a, a weird assortment going on today so aj i know you have <clears throat> a longer situation and i have three shorter situations and i have nothing okay. i'm gonna do my my case that i found um but i do i have an anecdote i can either say it now or i can wrap it up at the end it's pretty funny Probably are we gonna, are we okay let's do it at the end all right cool cool yeah. cool all right so i'm gonna bring down the party i'm sorry not sorry as i always do my focus generally is on um pretty dark and uh deep cases i don't know that's just my where my brain that's is so at. unlike you aj i know right it's usually so fun yeah you're never a bummer what are you talking about I mean, Skittles in the bathtub, but there's nothing I could do. There's nothing I could do. Okay. So for April Fool's crimes, April Fool's crimes, I, I found a couple of cases, but I really started to look for things that had more substance. And what I came across was a case I had never heard of, which one made me kind of shocked and two made me very sad because this case is pretty incredible. And I'm really surprised that I had not heard of it. So if you guys have heard of it, I, I will be very impressed. Um, <clears throat> um, so I do want to say that this was a case that was covered by Crime Junkie Podcast. And the title of that episode is called Wanted Monster in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And they released that episode on April the 1st, 2018. So it's fairly old. 
Um, and so there's been some movement in the case since even their podcast. They did a phenomenal job on it, everybody. So if you guys want to go back and listen to the real professionals do a cover <laughs> on this case, they did an incredible job. They do We're a very deep dive. We're incredibly professional. Uh, they do a very good deep dive on this. And you can tell that it's something that they spent quite some time on. So go check them out at Crime Junkie Podcast, Monster in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So what we're covering today is the case of April Marie Tinsley, who was born on March 18th, 1980. So she was a little bit older than I. So I can see she would have been my age at this point, about. But she disappeared, and here's where it connects. She disappeared on April the 1st, 1988. So there's our tie-in to here it is. There it is. April that that's the only tie-in. That's the only tie-in you're gonna get was April 1st, 1988. That's, I can't, we've, we've had worse ones. Yeah, like we've my, had worse ones. My 1920s female gangster that was born in the 30s. Mm-hmm. I I had I, forgotten about that one, but you know I, what? There's nothing Very I could do. Okay, I however, do. I think my Easter one was the most relevant. That one was pretty good, honestly. Still not Easter. Would like to still not Easter. Still not there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, still not there. I know this case. I could feel it. I just can't. I bet you do. All right. So April Tinsley was an eight-year-old girl from Fort Wayne, Indiana, United States, who was trigger warning. She was kidnapped, raped, and murdered in 1988. Eight. Mm -hmm. Throughout the years, her killer left several anonymous messages and notes in the Fort Wayne area between 1990 and 2004, openly boasting about April's murder and threatening to kill again. April was a member of the children's choir at the Faith United Methodist Church and a second grader attending Fairfield Elementary School. On April the 1st, 1988, Good Friday, she was playing with two of her friends and they were moving between houses. While they were playing, the weather started to get kind of ugly and there was a storm rolling in and she had left her umbrella at a friend's house, uh, a different friend's house that was still in close proximity and she told her friends, I'm gonna go get my umbrella. So she left there a little bit before three o'clock and then was never seen again. Some time passes and the friends don't think anything of it because she just went to go get her umbrella and maybe she forgot something, maybe something happened. So the little eight-year-old friends, I mean, they're eight, they don't think anything of it. Um, and at this time, nor does her, her mother because it's early in the afternoon and she knows that she'd gone to play with her friends. But it didn't take very long for April's mother to know that something was wrong. So she goes and talks to the little girls and they said, no, that she wouldn't get the umbrella. And the mom is looking around. And by this time, April hasn't come home for dinner. So she knows something is, is terribly wrong. So at this point, her mom reports her daughter missing to the police when she didn't come home for dinner. The initial search for April included, so this is just the initial search, 250 Fort Wayne police officers and 50 volunteers. Wow. A witness later reported seeing a white man in his 30s forcing a girl believed to be April into his blue pickup truck. Now, this witness is later revealed to be a young kid. Wow. And so that child's memory 
how do you know what to report when you're little everybody looks old Mm -hmm. like 30 is ancient yes they could have been 25 they could have been 55 and the kid's like yeah they're 30 yeah so that was basically one of the very few tips they had to go on but they do know that she was abducted because of the circumstances she's just vanished and so they they quickly realize that this is an abduction situation and it happens very quickly and they send out all these personnel and they don't have any sort of information besides what this young witness is giving them so that was april the first so a couple days later a jogger found april's body on april the fourth which was a monday in a ditch just west of Spencerville, Indiana, which is about 20 minutes from where she lived or where she was um, abducted from. Along with April's body, um, investigators found only one of April's shoes. She had been wearing some purple little shoes and only one of them had been with Mm. around her, her body. And there was also a sex toy that was left in a shopping bag. Ew. (sighs) With this little part, I have no other information. I don't know if that particular piece of evidence was ever tested or was ever um, considered a significant piece of evidence. That's kind of the only snippet that I have right now. Another witness, a motorist, later reported seeing a blue pickup truck near this area where she was found in the ditch. April's autopsy report suggested that she had indeed been raped, even though at the time of her discovery, she was fully clothed, but um, her underwear had been inside out when she was was dressed. So this kind of indicates was she redressed or, you know what I mean? So, yeah. It also showed that she had been strangled to death. So the, the cause of death was asphyxiation. The report determined that she had been dead for about one to two days before she was discovered and that she had been placed in the ditch four hours before this discovery. What in the world? And so they been? kept her for two days and then killed her remember. and then kept her for two days. And that timeline is a little bit fuzzy. It's just kind of, it's yeah, just fuzzy. I don't, I don't have another word for it. It was the late eighties. They were doing the best they can. When she was discovered, two radio stations locally um, began to establish a a reward fund, and there was even more money donated um, to contribute to April's burial. So just a couple days later, April's uh, memorial service was held on April the 8th, 1988, at the Faith, Faith United Methodist Church, and she was buried in Green Lawn Memorial Park. Immediately, there's a ton of police presence, investigation, and police very quickly come in to an investig- to start to investigate a 34-year-old sp- suspect who was indeed charged with child molestation in a separate case, but he was acquitted of those charges later the next month. He did um, provide a DNA sample, but it was uh, it couldn't be ruled out, but it also couldn't be determined that it was definitely his and keeping in mind that this was the late 80s dna evidence is very new to investigative criminal cases and there's really only like one lab in the country at this time that's doing dna testing and that's the fbi lab 
at the time couldn't they just do the gender and the blood type or just the blood type they could do both they could do the blood type and the gender but they could only do the blood type if the individual was a secretor if they were a non-secretor then blood type couldn't be determined um but if that person secreted i think it's the, the correct protein into their sebum then they could be at least determined to be what kind of blood type and if they were a secretor Mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay, but this this individual was also ruled out. There were four other suspects that were also looked at and their samples were also collected, but as with the first, no, none of them could be exclusively ruled out, but they couldn't also be um, determined to be the, the perpetrators. Mm -hmm. So 90 members of the Fort Wayne community formed the volunteer group April, A-P-R-I-L, as an acronym. This is, pardon me, the Associated Parents Regional Independence, Independent League, or later Abduction, Prevention, Reconnaissance, and Information League, which I like that. I, love I that. like that too. On April 20th, 1988, to help police save, solve cases involving missing, missing children. So that league was, um, was uh, established. Uh, let me see where I want to go. Okay. In 1990, May 21st, 1990, police found a message on the side of a barn reading, quote, I kill eight-year-old April M. Tinsley. And that's, it, it actually reads April Marie Tinsley. And then separately, quote, did you find the other shoe? Ha ha, I will kill again. Was that released to the press, do you know, about the yes. shoe? Oh, okay. Oh, the shoe part? No. And that that part of the picture, like you can't, I, it's, you can't really find that on like images. So good question. And to my knowledge, no, that was not released out to the public. So it wasn't common knowledge. So police were felt very confident that the person who wrote this was indeed April's abductor, rapist, and murderer. Ugh. The message was written with crayons that were indeed found nearby. Investigators initially believed it could be connected with the murder of seven-year-old Sarah Jean Boker, whose body was found on June 14, 1990, also in Fort Wayne. Local and state police formed a homicide team in April 1991 to investigate Tinsley and Boker's case. On April 7th, 1991, the FBI's Behavioral Science Unit determined that although Tinsley and Boker's cases were similar, they were ultimately unrelated. During the Memorial Day weekend in 2004, so we've gone from 1988 to 1990 and now 2004, big jump. <clears throat> and this is where it gets extra gross. Yay. Four notes, four our notes were found in the Fort Wayne area that are believed to have been written by Tinsley's murderer. And we'll get back to why we know indeed. Three of these notes were left on girls' bicycles and one was left in a mailbox. Oh, okay. I do know this case. There it is. Three notes were placed in plastic bags along with used condoms. What the fuck? And Polaroid pictures of a man's lower body. 
one of the notes, and I believe this is the note that was left in the mailbox, read, quote, hi, honey, I've been watching you. I am the same person that kidnapped Anne, A-N, rape, Anne, kill April Tinsley. You are my next victim. If you don't report this to police, and if I don't see this in the paper tomorrow or on the local news, I will blow up your house. What? Can you imagine being those parents? Now, what the um, Crime Junkie podcast did a very good job doing was describing this writing and actually like spelling out how the perpetrator wrote some of these words. So I believe, for example, the word honey was spelled with two O's. Like Hooney? Like Hooney. And her name April was misspelled and was spelled A-P-R-O-I-L. April? Like April, yeah. <laughs> Huh. And in the original, like barn note, like the the writing and the grammar was very infantile, and so they do kind of well. April's name is not likely right, an educated individual, like, right? And it could be the same person, and they weren't really sure because it had been a lot of years, also. So these parents report it for all of these young girls, and so baggies, used condoms, Polaroids, you know. Like, disgusting very foul did the did the parents find the stuff or did the kids the kids found it oh my the god children, the children found it. the children <sighs> found it oh those poor things so by now we're in 2004 dna technology has greatly progressed we're entering into more of a digital era internet's becoming um available at least on like government levels in a more um communicative like way um and I, I don't remember though if they have code i think they have codis at this time so all of the original evidence was kept the dna profiles at the time were kept and so now they have dna from these condoms and they tested against their original evidence and indeed the dna from the condoms versus the evidence collected from april's body does in fact match. Is this so they, are, are we still in Fort Wayne, Indiana? Yes. Oh, what a so this whole time, like the police and the community believe, okay, well, clearly this person probably lives here. They work here. They might have a wife. If they don't have a wife, they're probably able to lead fairly normal lives with an immense and uncontrollable proclivity towards sexual attraction towards young girls. Ugh. Yeah, monsters. Yep, all of them. Ugh. That shit blows my mind so hard because, like, Eduardo is 30. One, I should know his age. I think he's 31. But, uh, no, he's 30. He's 30. But I told him, I'm 38, and I, he is at the, the, the limit of like how young I will go because, like, somebody in their 20s, they're just like, they're they're too young they're not attractive to me it's not so oh yeah agreed I'm like you yeah so like what part of you is just so fucking shattered that first of all hurting a kid that is just they're so helpless and second of all like just that is you are 
need to be removed from society and this planet. Mm-hmm. You I are just don't understand like my uh, I literally don't like as you get older, right? Like the things like I'm starting to I'm like, ooh, silver hair is sexy. Like it moves with me. Mm-hmm. It moves appropriately with me. Mm-hmm. Things where I'm like, oh, like you know, like Zach Efron in high school musical that a long time ago was fine. And now I'm like, ugh. Like, no, there's no you're a child but, but zach child. efron now in his netflix documentary or whatever documentary that was in oh hi yeah. no, 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 <laughs> I, know. I know yeah but i'm like that that the the touch of gray i'm like oh hi uh-huh. like into <laughs> that like right like cr- like crow's feet that indicate that you laugh a lot i'm like what's up baby like <laughs> But we as females, we love that. Like that's very sexy to us. Yeah. But why is it for a lot of men? Not saying they want us to stay, but a lot. They like to quote, what is it, dazed and confused? Like, hey, 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 Matthew McConaughey. They stay the same age. Yeah. Gross. Gross. No. It's not okay. That is, I. I don't know what I would talk to an 18 year old about, except oh, like, I know, hey, right? you, like, you stay in school and you study. Yeah. <laughs> Keep you... your credit score good. <laughs> yeah. Make good decisions as your brain finishes developing. Yes. Oh, and, and of course, like, I'm not comparing people that like younger people to pedophiles, but I'm just like, I, I cannot, I just cannot fathom that no. it's like seeing a child like a literal and child like, and yeah. feeling gross I, and honestly I don't want to understand that I don't want to twist my brain up nope. in that way because that is nope. an understanding <clears throat> nope 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 something See, I don't I was listening to uh to morbid and Elena has some some littles as she calls them and something that she says that she said to her kids which I thought was really smart because you know like obviously now we know pedophiles are like a big problem and like people that abduct kids and hurt kids. And what she tells her kids is that no, no adult will ever need help from you. Like no adult needs to know where the gas station yeah. is. No adult needs to know where this is in the store. No adult is going to need help from a child. Right. Yeah. In general. That's a very good. I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's perfect. Yeah. The only question I ask, if I see a kid alone, I'm just like, me and Ernesto were driving down the street the other day. This kid was just like walking by herself, looking like very sad. And I was looking, he's like, do you want me to stop and ask her if she's okay? And I was like, no, 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 I'll ask. So I was yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You don't ask. let no. me handle that. I was like, hey, dude, like you good? Like you all right? She's like, I just had a bad day at school and I'm walking home. And I was like, so we kind of like okay. drove slowly to make sure she like got to her house because just the, the environment that we live in now, but I think that's the only acceptable thing to ask a kid. Like, hey, where's your parent? Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Pardon me. Okay. So the DNA from the condoms matched the police's DNA from DNA profile of the suspect, leading investigators to believe that the the incidents were indeed connected. In April 2009, so we're now 21 years post murder. A poor family. Now, what would we ask that has been happening in those 21 years with the suspect? That's yeah. what I thought when I was reading this case. What are they doing? What's what are the police doing? She was gone in a minute. Yeah. In a place where people had eyes on her. There was a note written on a barn, notes written on bicycles. And you're there telling me 
not a single person saw what the fuck was happening well plus he's writing he's writing his notes saying that he's watching these other kids and nothing 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 and i'm i'm gonna just echo crime junkie for a minute because i think that she made an incredible point somebody was just not saying what they knew somebody knew something there was additional information and we don't have time to get into it um but there was a little like threads of information fed to the the media and nobody came forward there were zero substantial leads at this point 20 years this poor mother okay Mm-mm. i'm also surprised that he didn't and i'm just I'm making a assumption based on statistics that he didn't kill another or try to adopt another kid in all mm-hmm. that time, or rape or murder, like something that would put they his usually DNA do not in CODIS. Stop. It's usually something not that, one no, thing. exactly. So where is his criminal record where he's going to be forced to put in DNA that can match this previous case? Wait, maybe they... he's one of those lucky ones that doesn't get caught. I doubt it. I don't know. Because they make, if you're convicted of like sex crimes against children, don't they, they you have to submit your DNA? Not you do always. now. Yeah, right. it wasn't always that way. It wasn't always that way. No. <clears throat> okay. In April 2009, the television program America's Most Wanted ran a segment on April's case and asked for tips. The investigation series Crime Watch Daily covered the murder in an episode that aired in 2016. Okay. April's case was featured on an episode on the case with Paula Zahn that aired in July 15th, 2018. Okay. And at that point, still no solid leads or solid suspects. So jumping in back into the time machine to go way back. Through this whole time, police indeed did have a profile of the suspect that they did put out. And they believed that um, they described him as a preferential child sex offender, meaning that he has, quote, a long-term and persistent sexual desire for children. The profile described the murderer as a white male, then in his 40s through 50s, living and working in Northeast Fort Wayne slash Allen County with a low to medium income. They did have a composite sketch that was um, gleaned from two adult witnesses at the time that had some information. And the sketch looks like any other white male you would see in 1988. Longish hair, kind of deep set eyes, thin lips. It kind of looks like everybody and nobody. Mm -hmm. But they, they released the sketch. And if you remember back when I said that there was four other suspects besides their first suspect, it was a lot based on this sketch that was released, but those were not conclusive and they weren't inconclusive at the time. You know, did they retest those people? They did, they did. So in June, 2015, the Virginia-based company Parabon released a quote, snapshot composite sketch of the suspect based on information from his DNA, which is pretty cool that they can do that. Now they can uh, figure out phenotypes, what they physically look like based on genetic information. So then police released an updated version of his sketch in May of 2016. 
Okay, let me come back to that. What's kind of interesting is like, so with 23andMe, my mom and I were just comparing ours. And while most of the phenotypes, like guesses for me, not guesses, but like evaluations or estimations for, for me are correct. Some of them are not. Um, like I am not supposed to have a cleft chin. Really? Mm. And I do. Even though um, that's a dominant trait? Uh, it is a dominant trait, but like per, like per this thing, like that's not what's, and there are a number of other things where, oh, I'm supposed to have straight hair. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Super don't. Uh, and just, jokes on them. Haha. And, but some things are correct. Like they're, you know, whether my lobes are attached or not, um, the color, the color of my eyes and hair, like that kind of thing, but it's sometimes off. Mm-hmm. absolutely no, in like serious ways because you look super different with straight hair yes mm-hmm. yeah well you have to love mother nature because you've got variation and you've got unpredictability a lot of times so where you just get something it's just random likelihood yeah. it's just randomness and likelihood and that's what it is um it's not ever a hundred percent well i shouldn't say that Sometimes. not yet yeah okay so i do want to point out when the crime junkie put out their podcast that was in 2018 and they released it on april 1st um, as a kind of memorial to april tinsley and shortly after they released it this is going to be crazy so 30 years after the murder of eight-year-old april tinsley police arrested a man in connection to her death on the same day the cold case was to be aired for the paula zahn documentary and April 1st, 2018, the same day that the Prime, the Crime Junkie podcast was released. That is wild. Isn't that crazy? So John D. Miller, age 59, so at the time of the murder would have been 29, yeah, of Grabil, G-R-A-B-I-L-L, Grabil? Yeah, sure. Okay. Oh. was arrested in at his home Sunday morning by members of the Fort Wayne Police Department and the Indiana State Police, according to court documents. Hours later, investigation discoveries on the case of Paula Zahn was set to air an episode about the search for the man who taunted law enforcement for years about the crime. Court documents said that when police arrived at Miller's home Sunday, they asked him if he knew why they were there, and he answered, quote, April Tinsley. <gasps> Oh, shit. What? Before admitting the crime to investigators, according to court documents. According to the FBI, the investigation began April 1st, 1988, when, when April was indeed abducted from her Fort Wayne neighborhood while walking from a friend's house and then later found three days in a ditch. So at first he was saying that he couldn't remember. He didn't know, like, I can't say what happened, but it didn't take very long. <laughs> oh my God. These fucking people. I don't remember yeah. when I killed, raped, and murdered this eight-year-old no, child. No, ringing a bell. No. It's been 30 years. I don't know. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Really. <sighs> Eventually, <clears throat> John Miller admitted to abducting April from Hoagland Avenue in Fort Wayne on April 1st, 1988, taking her to his trailer sexually assaulting her and killing her. Miller told police that he choked the victim so that she wouldn't tell police what had happened you and that it took monster. 10 minutes for the little girl to die. You 
fucking monster. He then told police that he drove April's body to Spencerville the next morning and dumped her in a ditch. So again, the body was found on a Monday. She was abducted on Good Friday the 1st. Easter Sunday was there. So they estimate that some time of her death was most likely Easter Sunday. So he held her captive for some time, most likely killed her sometime on Easter Sunday. And then the early morning hours of April the 1st, Monday, um, got just put her body in the ditch. I hate when they, I using the word like disposed of or like yeah. got yeah. rid of, it's just, that it's poor, already horrifying. It's already yeah, horrifying. That poor baby. So Miller was taken to the Allen County Jail where he is being held on suspicion of murder, child molesting, and confinement. He is slated to make his first court appearance Monday. So when this article was published, this was in 2018. And for our listeners, I will come back with um, an update on his sentencing, I hope, and that his trial has concluded. If you know that information, go ahead and send it to us. I would appreciate it. Um, but as of this recording right now, that's where my information stops. I think that we've got a conclusion. I'll just bring it back to us. And we can, that is the mostly finished case of little April Jesus. Tinsley. We can Sweet do a little baby girl. We can do an update with, um, April Tinsley, Lori Vallow, and then the, the Utah murders. Cause that case is also hmm. progressing. It is. That is so, I'm really curious as to how they found him because like the BTK killer, they found him through the genealogy testing because like his niece or something had put her DNA into that pool, like that third party pool. Do you mean the... Um, oh, Golden State. Sorry. Golden State. Yeah, BTK yeah, yeah, yeah. was found because he's just a fucking moron. Fuck that dude. <clears throat> no, the, anyway, the Golden State killer. Good God. Yeah. I just how a bummer. Yeah. So how do you make April's first a bummer? You talk to AJ. <laughs> Good God. But okay, this well, poor little baby. I will post pictures. Her pictures will be in the show notes. And she's just this sweet little baby from the 80s with this little haircut. And she's just such a little cherub and angel and such a sweetheart. I'm like, so, I'm admittedly somebody that just like generally does not like children. I can tolerate like my nephews you know, little, the little bean over with Sonny and then my two older nephews, like, well, okay. My two older nephews aren't kids anymore. They're like 13 and <gasps> don't tell me that. No. <laughs> yeah, <God>. dude. <laughs> Andrew is 13 and he is a big boy. He's like, I think they said he's like six foot now. So, but like, even I just, even, even getting that, like I would never have kids. If I did have kids, I would, if I got pregnant, I would be unpregnant. Oh, so fast. But I like my natural instinct that I don't even think this is like a woman thing. I think I, a person what, thing. you would think it's a human thing is to like protect, protect anything that is defenseless. That's like animals. That's kids. Like how, what the, I just go somewhere if you're in, if you have it in you Go to hurt a child away, because I mean, you know, Sonny, your little drove me batshit oh, insane. Oh, I know. And I'm just like, he's antichrist, but he's my antichrist. <laughs> I will protect my little antichrist against all, even when I'm like, oh my God, Woo! 
so so funny story to like to to lift the mood sunny um were you in were you in europe when i was watching him Mm -mm. you were somewhere for like two days i don't remember where you were at a wedding i think so but i i had to watch him and i'm like i'm gonna be the cool aunt right I'm going to, cause Sonny, you're like super healthy. And so I'm like, we're going to go get pizza or we're going to get slushies and all this other stuff. I'm no fun. I know. Um, so I figured out I'm not fun and the army has ruined my ability to be fun. Cause I have zero patience anymore. I'm never so, allowed to give the bean a goodie bag again. Okay. She's uh, no, no fun. <laughs> uh, okay. So he still weighs less now in 2023 than he did the summer we were with you three <laughs> years ago three years ago he's grown vertically okay (laughs) so the mass has spread out okay lost weight since three years ago and the variable that was in place at the time (laughs) is aj is you but so we we go out to get pizza and we're eating pizza and he's like he's playing with his food and I'm just like okay look either you're eating you're like so hungry and you're eating or you're done you're done but stop playing with your food and he like takes his plate and he turns all the way around in his chair and I'm just like uh what, what you doing bud and he goes I don't even want to see your face right now <gasps> he was five no four five he was, th- he was like three three or four probably he was and then we're in he's in the jeep and he like he's grabbing stuff and i have so much stuff in the back of my jeep so he puts on like my eagles hat and he puts on my military sunglasses that take up like half of his face and he's like aunt randy your mommy and i'm like no i'm not and he's like no your mommy and your daddy and i was like your parents are not going to be happy that you said that And he goes oh that's okay you're not very good at this I was like, I'm leaving you in this motherfucking Jeep. I'm rolling okay, so the windows. I he normally writes me mean notes on paper airplanes that he sends down the stairs <laughs> to me. But I showed you this one, I think. Uh-huh. I don't know why it's still on my desk, but it's the the one that says- I need a new mommy. I, yeah, I want a new mom. Like, so I have this one that's available. And, so then, and then like 10 minutes later, we go to Barnes and Noble and I'm like, pick out a book. And he picks this book. And of course, at first he's picking all these books on puberty. And I'm like, I'm not reading that to you. And then he picks one and I was like, do you want to come read it? And he just like snuggles up into me and he's like, this is so fun. I'm like, you're a terrorist. I'm an abusive relationship with a three-year-old. Like, what is this? Motherhood. And that even with that. Mom uh never and even i i hate the people that are just like oh well back in my day we like look my mother was severely abusive by any standards like by then standards by now standards and then you like you know what happened first of all i'm in therapy second of all i don't talk to her so like if you even have it in you i know i'm like on this huge soapbox right now if you have it in you to hurt a kid if that is like your instinct little little bean pod would drive me that shit insane and I never like even him crying upset me even if he did it to himself like it never crossed my mind like man I'm gonna backhand this kid it, like that is just some part of you is just so fucked if you do that well guys I tell you what I am going to put the fix back in as- asphyxiation with some <laughs> of my little <laughs> many very shallow dives i mean so shallow so shallow but we're gonna bring the fun back to april fools 
fix us up. We're going to fix, fix it up. And we're going to start in last time I, I was in Oklahoma for one of our, not last time, two times, two times ago, I was in Oklahoma and we're going to come back to Oklahoma in 2014. And so we're going to talk about a gentleman really, I mean, really briefly named Bradley Davis. So not Bradley, Brad Lee Davis. And as we know, you never trust a man with three first names. And so you do not uh, work. We're, we're doing that. But, um, anyway, Bradley Davis, 33 years old, um, was charged with the murder of his stepfather, 58 year old Denver St. Clair during a drunken family fight in Oklahoma city. And, uh, you may be curious how St. Clair died. In I am, Is I am curious. curious. Well, the medical examiner did state that the cause of death was asphyxiation and blunt force trauma. Okay. So we're, we're starting at the end. We're coming back to the beginning. Okay. <clears throat> so poor Denver St. Clair died via atomic wedgie. Excuse me. <laughs> Wait, is that the one where you, are you going to explain it? Okay. So, uh, Brad Lee Davis during this drunken fight decided to grab the elastic waistband of his stepfather and pull it over his head. Unfortunately, these tidy whities were so tight. It ended up asphyxiating his stepfather, leaving ligature marks around his neck. Oh my God. Blood spatter was also found in multiple areas in the house. Um, based multiple off, areas? Like- I, it sounds like the elastic waistband went around, went around his neck, and then caused so much injury that he stumbled around with this atomic wedgie to death. So oh. it was a prank gone wrong, unfortunately. But, but asphyxiation takes... A while. Yeah. So um it's not quick. No. So that was prank number one. That uh well it, it wasn't a very well planned prank, but an April Fool's prank nonetheless. And that was the that was the deadly prank number one. Jeez. Oh, uh, prank number two was in Massachusetts, and this was in the year 1980. So a man named Homer Silly decided that he was going to play a little prank as the executive producer of WNAC-TV as he was running the news. So on Tuesday, April 1st, he had the station run a bulletin that a a non-active, it's not even a volcano, it's just a hill that's near their house, so it's (laughs) non-volcanic hill called Great Blue Hill near in in suburban Milton, Massachusetts. Uh, He ran a bulletin that said it had begun spitting flames and lava, and so they spliced together all this footage of active Mount St. Helens Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then also editing in remarks from President Jimmy Carter expressing concern and Governor Edward J. King calling a situation serious. At the end of the bulletin, he had the reporter, Jim Harris, hold up a sign that said April Fools. But unfortunately, most people did not stay around to watch the entire bulletin. Um, many residents of Milton fled their homes. Others flooded Milton police and Massachusetts civil defense with phone calls. And once it was revealed, of course, hundreds of angry viewers uh, called in to express their distaste for the April Fool's joke. So the where, executive- where, What city was this in? Uh, Milton, Massachusetts. Oh, wow. Okay. So Homer Sully, who was the guy behind this, he was fired the next day for his failure to exercise good news judgment and for violating the Federal Commission's uh, Communications Commission's rules about showing stock footage without identifying it as such. That's War of the Worlds well, all over again. and it's really again. fucked up. Yeah, exactly. And right then in 1980, I, I don't, I, it was obviously before this happened, that's but Mount St. Helens had just erupted and caused significant like mm. ecological distress in that area, like for humans and everything. And that's pretty fucked up. That's like, a good point. <clears throat> you're using real footage of a real disaster. Not a great prank. Not a good, hmm, my dude. My dude. guy. My guy. Yeah. So we have okay. a death by atomic wedgie and we have um excitement over non-volcanic hill in massachusetts <laughs> natural disaster disaster natural mm -hmm. disaster disaster um and then this is a weird one that i feel like should get like we we could go more in depth into it but there was this guy named david r stewart who was a correctional officer and father of five, who had done a certain prank more. And so it's not April Fool's, but I started like just researching deadly pranks and this one intrigued me. So he did this particular prank, if you will, more than 70 times in 30 states over almost a 20 year period. So he would call um, usually a small business, usually a fast food restaurant, he would talk to the manager, claiming to be a police officer, asking for their help in detaining a suspected criminal employee or customer. And then he would give just a vague description um, that, uh, that could really be like almost anybody in a store. So sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But he would have the manager take the suspect into a private location in usually this fast food restaurant <laughs> and then have them do weird things to them. So sometimes it was just weird and it did not go into deranged. But there was one particular incident in a Kentucky McDonald's in 2004 where this guy called an assistant manager who ended up contacting her fiance to help her, they imprisoned a completely innocent employee for three and a half hours and per the instructions on this prank phone call, had her stripped naked, <gasps> thanked her and forced her to perform oral sex. Ew. 
Yeah. So talk about pranks gone wrong. So this is where that's like, assault. It, yeah. At this point, no longer a prank. It has become terrible. Um, so fortunately, police eventually started seeing connections between these seemingly isolated incidents at these fast food restaurants and like gas stations. And using this surveillance video, as well as like a phone card and a few other pieces of evidence, they were able to arrest David R. Stewart. And they found all these applications for police department jobs and all of this, just like police literature, um, many costumes, like police costumes. Oh no. That's not as okay. Well. Um, and he was charged with impersonating a police officer and soliciting sodomy, but he was not convicted. What? Why? Yep. So what does Sonny say? Don't do it. Hey, don't stop, stop it. it. No, don't do it. So they did make a movie in 2012 called Compliance that was based off hmm. of this story. Um, but yeah, so just talk about pranks. So I believe a few of these did happen on April Fool's, which is why this came up for this. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Um, yeah, so super weird. So we have multiple pranks gone wrong. One of them leading to atomic wedgie death. Uh, one of them leading to an entire city being very angry. And then one of them leading to some very weird shit going down in fast food restaurants. How fucking stupid do you have to be if you're like, I'm the police, get her naked. And you're like, All right. I am police. Like I, I is police. I is police. As someone who can speak with personal experience in pulling pranks, <clears throat> you never can quite account for the variable, which is human decision on the other end. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and maybe next time I'll get into one of those pranks I pulled that had some serious consequences. And it didn't even occur to me till right now when you were talking about it, that like, I was like, oh shit, I did that. Like, ugh. Well, you talked about that. how your mom <laughs> would dress up as like La Llorona and like go yeah. to a school. I'm like, that was probably not great. That's terrible. And that was just a Halloween costume. That was just her Halloween. That wasn't even like pranks that she pulled, but I think I get my very sick sense of humor from her. And so I pulled some, I pulled some pretty morbid and dark pranks on my some of maybe a youth group I might have had for a couple of years my prank um, is I text people on yeah. April Fool's that I'm pregnant and see what that's their reaction is yeah that's that's a pretty good one um but we're getting yeah I I just you can never plan for that variable you just right can't. well happy 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 April everyone <laughs> happy April yeah happy oh wow I just did it see <laughs> All right. So well, I'll, I'll, I will save those anecdotes. I've got two that are pretty funny, but I will save them for another time. We've got we've got lots of episodes coming down the line. Yes. Not a problem. Well, we hope you like and subscribe. We're on most podcast platforms. Leave us a good review. Send us an email if you have a case suggestion. Um, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe on YouTube. Email is bourbon wine and true crime at yahoo.com. Yahoo. Yahoo! And we will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for Love listening. You. Bye. Bye-bye.